Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والفجر وليال عشر والشفع والوتر والليل إذا يسر هل في ذلك قسم لذي حجر ألم تر كيف فعل ربك بعاد إرم ذات العماد التي لم يخلق مثلها في البلاد وثمود الذين جابوا الصخر بالواد وفرعون ذي الأوتاد الذين طغوا في البلاد فأكثروا فيها الفساد فصب عليهم ربك سوط عذاب إن والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم والحمد لله رب العالمين حمد الشاكرين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحمل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Tonight, inshallah, we will begin the tafsir of Surah Al-Fajr. Al-Fajr meaning the dawn. That's the name of the surah. And it is surah number 10 according to the order of revelation. So uh, repeating the order of revelation so far, we started with Surah Al-Alam. That's first surah revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. Then we did Surah Al-Muddathir. Ya ayyuhal Muddathir. Second surah. Then the third surah we did was surah Al-Qalam. Noon wal-Qalam wa ma yasqoon. Then we did surah Al-Muzzammil. Surah number four. Then we did surah Al-Fatiha. In order of revelation number five. Then we did surah Al-Masad. Tabbat yada abi lahabi wa-tab. Ma'arna'akum ma'luhum wa ma'kasab. Then we did surah Al-Takwir. إذا الشمس كورت then we did surah الأعلى surah number eight سبحان الله ربك الأعلى the last time we finished surah الليل the light والليل إذا يغشى that was surah number nine tonight we will do surah الفجر إن شاء الله and before I proceed in in surah الفجر in the tafsir I I like I would like to mention very important fact that this surah الفجر was the last surah revealed before uh, before a time when the wahi the revelation stopped for a while there was a time in the in the in the process of the revelation of the wahi 
when the wahi to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ceased to exist, it stopped for temporary. For some time, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not receive any Quran. And the last surah that he received before this was Surah Al-Fajr. After Surah Al-Fajr, there was a gap. Now the gap, the, in the seerah and in the tafsir and according to uh, historians, that gap is not well known how long it uh, uh, took. Some Mufassirin, they say it was three days. Some they say it was three months, few months. And even some people, they put it at three years, which is too long. Now the three years period, I, uh, many of the Mufassirin, many of the commentators, they think it's too long and that's not, uh, that's not correct. It was not that long. Uh, but it probably it was a few weeks, so it was not years and it was not days. It was a few <coughs> weeks to the extent that some of the Sahaba, they were worried and concerned. The Prophet himself was concerned and the people of Quraysh, the Kuffar of Mecca, they used this as an occasion to, to attack or to ridicule Muhammad and to tell him that your friend, meaning Jibreel, the one who brings the Quran, has uh, uh, has left you or abandoned you, has abandoned you, and after that, the Surah Al-Duha came. And that's when we come next time after we finish Surah Al-Fajr, when we talk about Surah Al-Duha, Al-Duha wa ma wa ma Allah did not abandon you. So it was, don't worry, Allah Azzawajal did not abandon you and did not leave you. So that was the Surah that came right after Surah Al-Fajr. So between Surah Al-Fajr and Surah Al-Duha, there was a gap. So the, that's why I wanted to mention that the, one of the uh, significance or the important features of the Surah is that this was the last Surah revealed before that gap started, before that gap. So that's one, one point. And of course, the other part, which I mentioned last time when I talked about the, the third session of Surah Al-Layl when Abu Jahl he made a statement saying that well now that the da'wah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam had taken off and that Muhammad uh, now he has some followers some people are accepting Islam we need to do something and here is our strategy Abu Jahl was outlining the strategy number one if the person who accepts Islam is a merchant if he's a person with a trade and commerce and merchant, then we should make sure that his commerce will die out. We will boycott him so that he will lose, so that his, his company, his business will fail. If the person who accepts Islam is someone with certain prestige, with honor, he's, let's say, a sheikh or a well-known in, in his family, in his tribe, we will make sure that we will dishonor him, we will ridicule him, we will talk against him, we will make all types of accusations, and, and the claims against that person, so we will definitely put that person down because they cannot fight him, they cannot kill him, they cannot do, they cannot torture him, of course, a person with power or dignity. So they all, all they can do is to disintegrate the integrity of that person. And the third type of people, if the person who accepts Islam is weak or is a slave like Bilal, like Suhaim, like Ammar, like Yasser, then we will definitely go after him physically. We will torture him until he leaves this Islam. So that was the strategy which was outlined. And then of course within that uh, dilemma, if, if 
you will, for the Muslims and the Sahaba, Allah Azza wa Jal revealed Surah Al-A'la, Surah Al-Layl, and Surah Al-Fajr now. Those came in sequence. Surah Al-A'la, Sabbih Isma Rabbika Al-A'la, Alladhi Khalaqa Fasawwa. Allah Azza wa Jal is providing the Muslims with this utmost significant concept about Allah Azza wa Jal, that He is Al-A'la, He is the one who is of the highest standard, so everybody else, everyone else is below him, so don't have any concern or any worries. And then came Surah Wal-Layli ila Yaksha Wal-Nahari ila Tajalla, giving the indication, as I mentioned in the tafsir of Surah Al-Layl, that Allah Azza wa Jal is giving this uh, 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 metaphor between the night and the day. The night is the night of oppression, the night where oppression continues, where it prevails, where torture, where hardship takes place, and Al-Nahar ila Tajalla, the daylight, when the daylight comes out, it becomes so bright, so nice, so uh, 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 lightful, then that's when the victory, when the support of Allah Azza wa Jal comes in. Whether it's for males or females, everybody has his own uh, uh, role to play in the society, and Allah Azza wa Jal will make sure that those who believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, that He will guide them, He will provide them with all guidance. Now, immediately comes Surah Al-Fajr. Surah, Surah Al-Fajr comes in the same environment. The environment is, Bilal is, continues to be uh, uh, tortured, and of course, uh, until Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu came and uh, freed him, uh, and Yasser continued to be tortured, and Yasser and Sumayya, they were killed, and they became the first martyrs in Islam, and Ammar was tortured almost until he was, uh, 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 he lost his conscience, and he was not even able to concentrate and focus on what he says or what he does not say, so that's, the case. So the case of the Muslims was an absolute hardship. Some of the Muslims who believe in Islam believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they are weak. The Prophet takes them into the house of Arqam and they were literally in hiding. Nobody knows where they were. So they were absolutely isolated from the society of Quraysh. And there comes Abdullah bin Mas'ud in one of the occasions and Uthman bin Barun, one of the uh, weak Sahaba if you will who try to read the Qur'an in front of Quraysh and then they take the beat, they take the heat, they take the beating and they get tortured by the uh, uh, people of Quraysh. Here comes Surah Al-Fajr where Allah Azza wa begins with this oath Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Wal-Fajr Ashr I swear by Al-Fajr. Al-Fajr is the dawn. is the dawn that comes out after the night and then I will and when I start going into details, I will bring the origin of this word Fajr. And I swear by the by ten nights. By the even number, even and the odd. Shafr is the even numbers, like two, four, six, eight, you know, the even. And the odd, one, three, five, seven. These are called water. And water, everything that's an odd number. A shafr, everything that's an even. That's why when we pray al isha we say a shafr, two rak'ah, and then wetr is the one. So two and one. Wallayli ida yasr. And I swear by the night when the night drags on and leaves. Yasri means it moves on, which means it departs. It no longer is a light, and the light goes off. So the day comes in. The next ayah, hal fi dhalika in qasamun nadi hajr, does anyone with his, with, with the brain. The Hajr means a person with a brain, a person who is smart, with intelligence. Any person with intelligence understands the notion of this oath. 
هل في ذلك قسم؟ Is there anyone who has enough intelligence and enough brain to understand what I mean by the oath? هل في ذلك قسم لذي حجر؟ Is there a valid oath in what I have just said? والفجر وليال عشر for anyone with intelligence. And then goes on. He says, "Don't have you seen? Alam tara? Have you seen how I have done with the people of Aad? Aad, and we talk about Aad. Iram Adat al-Himad. Iram is the brand or the category of Aad, which is a tribe. It's part of Aad. It's called Iram. Adat al-Himad, the one with power. Al-Himad means power, absolute power. التي لم يخلق مثلها في البلاد. None has been created with as much power as the people of Aad." وثمود الذين جابوا الصخرة بالواد don't you see haven't you seen also what I have done to the tribe of Thamud the ones who were able to bring a big rock or mountainous rocky mountain to make it to make out of that rocky mountain cities inside a valley and there is a story about the people of Thamud which we will talk about and then وفرعون and the people of فرعون the فرع then أوتاد the ones who will be with mountainous type of, of power again and, and uh, structure and civilizations the ones who uh, made all types of corruptions and transgressions and tyranny in the, in the lands they filled everywhere uh, with corruption then Allah he poured upon them his punishment and his torture Allah is always watchful that is first 14 ayahs in literal translation. What does that all mean? So let's go back and start saying here, what do Mufassirin, the commentators, talk about Al-Fajr? Al-Fajr, as I said, it's the dawn. In Arabic, in Arabic, the root of this Fajr is Fajra, Fajra, which means explodes. That's where infijar explosion, tafjir explosion. So it's something that explodes out of something that is quiet. So there is absolute quietness. Something comes, pops out as an immediate uh, explosion. Things that can break the tranquility and the quietness and the calmness of things. That's why it's called al-fajr that comes after the night. The night is absolutely calm. It's absolutely dark. Nothing is happening, and out of a sudden, everything starts happening. The light comes out, people come out from their homes, the truck starts moving along the roads, the, the cars, the vehicles, the noise, everything comes as if the, the universe has had a recent explosion that brought out of this darkness, out of this night, something new. That's why the word Al-Fajr is called Al-Fajr. And of course, there's Al-Fujjar. Al-Fujjar are the ones that defies all types of, of tranquility of the deen. You know, when you say someone is a Fajr, Fajr is not someone who is only making a sin. He makes a sin despite all the things that go against the sinful deeds. And he goes against the society, against the norm of the society, against the state, against the laws, against the regulations, against what Allah wants. And then he comes out publicly, they're called Fajr. So the Fajr, if someone commits zina and he is proud of it, he talks about it with pride, that's Fajr. If someone who commits zina and hides from the people, that's a fasr. He makes fusu, that's a sinful, he makes sin. But a Fajr is the one who 
who uh, 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 abruptly he comes out to the public uh, uh, claiming whatever he has done is something to be proud of. So al-fujur, al-fajr, all of these are derivatives of the same thing that something loud, something explosive, something abnormal, something out of the tranquility, something that defies the, 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 the nature of calmness. So Allah Azza is making this oath by al-fajr, which is a time. Al-Fajr is, is a specific time during the 24 hours when the, the light begins to, 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 to fade away. When the light begins to fade away, that's the time of Al-Fajr. And then he talks, Layalin Ashr. So it's a swear, it's an oath. Allah says, I swear by. And like in the previous surah, I swear by the night when the night takes over. I swear by the day when the day comes out after the night. Here he says, I swear by Al-Fajr. And I swear by ten nights. Layali al-Ashr. It comes in Arabic with this word, Layali. Layali means, it's, uh, 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 in Arabic it's called Nakira. Nakira means, it's not specific nights. It says ten nights. I swear by ten nights. Layali al-Ashr. Any ten nights. The ten nights could be the first ten nights of the month. The last ten nights of the month, the middle ten nights, it doesn't matter, or the next, the second, third, fourth, and then the eleventh, any ten nights. It's ten, number ten. The, the, the catch here, if there are ten nights, Allah Azawajal said, I want to swear by Al-Fajr, when the Fajr comes out, explodes out of this quietness of the night and comes something out, I will swear by ten nights, and also I want to swear by Al-Shafir wal-Watan, by the even and the odd numbers. He doesn't say the prayer of Shafi'i or the, the, the prayer of Witter. And I want to swear by the night now when it moves on and goes away. When Layli, like in the previous surah, he swear by the night when the night takes over. Here he says when the night leaves. Then comes the issue is what is this swear about? What is it that Allah Azawajal is swearing about? What is it? What's going on? In the tafsir, if you open any tafsir, Al-Qurtubi, Ibn Kathir, Al-Razi, Zarakhshari, Ibn Sina, even Ghulal al-Qur'an, Sayyid Qutub, or Al-Mawdudi, Tafsir al-Qur'an, you'll find that most of the Mufassirin, in fact, they talk about Al-Fajr being the, the, the prayer of the Fajr. And they talk about the significance of the Fajr prayer, which is good. I mean, the Fajr prayer is the best prayer you can have. After all, it's the time when you are absolutely asleep in your deep sleep and you are resting, this is the end of the night where the, 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 the slumber takes over your eyes, your heart, everything is quiet and you have to get up against all your wishes. It's true, that's fine. But then, and they talk about the ten nights, these are the, ten, the last ten nights of Ramadan when Allah forgives for the sins and gives his mercy upon the people. And some other Mufassirin, they say these are the first ten nights of the Hijjah, right before Al-Hajj. But then you ask yourself the question, and I ask this question, at the time when this surah was revealed, which was still the first few months of the Quran, remember this is surah number 10. So if there were one surah every one or two days, or three days, we are barely talking about a month. We are barely talking about a year. Let's say there is a week between every surah or 10 days or even uh, a month between a surah and the other surah, then we have one year. 
during that time, the prayer, the five prayers as we know them, have not been ordained yet. At that time, we don't have it. The only prayer we have is the one that was mentioned in Surah Al-Muzammil. Ya al-Muzammil You stand up during night and read Quran. That was the prayer which was known at the time. That's how the Muslims used to pray. Praying means I stand up at night and I read I curse Abu Lahab by praying to Allah Azza wa I read That's a prayer. But there is no nothing called Fajr prayer with Turak al-Sunnah and Turak al-Fawr. That was done during the Isra. And you all know that during the Isra time when the Prophet وسلم, had the event of Isra and Mi'raj, that's when the five prayers were ordained as we know them. That's when Fajr became Fajr. That's when Dhuhr is known to be Dhuhr and Asr is known to be Asr and Maghrib is known to be Maghrib and Isha is known to be Isha. So at that time when the Surah was revealed, there was no prayer of Fajr. There was no Ramadan either. There was no fasting of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan is known as a month. But the fasting, Allah Azza wa Jal, He ordained the Psalm 1. In Medina, كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم in Surah Al-Baqarah, which was revealed, Siyam has been prescribed upon you as it has been prescribed upon people before you. This was in Surah Al-Baqarah way later in Medina. So at this time there was no Siyam either. And there was no Hajj. Of course, Al-Kaaba was there and Al-Hajj and since the time of Ibrahim was known, but the Muslims yet have not been asked to perform Hajj. So there is nothing called the 10 days, the 10 nights before Hajj. So there is something else here. There is something else for the Sahaba besides Al-Fajr as being a time of prayer, besides the 10 nights being the 10 nights of Al-Hajj or Ramadan, besides Al-Shafr al-Watr being the prayer of Witr at the end of the Asha'i prayer. This has not been ordained yet. So there is something more to it. Now, in fact, if you think even more, the next ayah, Allah Azza wa is putting this challenge, says, Alam, hal fi dhalika qasamun lidi hijr? This is an oath. I say, I want to swear by Al-Fajr. I say, well, Fajr. I want to swear by Layal al-Ashr, by ten nights. I'm saying, well, Layal al-Ashr. I'm swearing by the even and the odd parts of the numbers. Al-Shaf'a wal-Wadr. And I'm swearing by a night when the night moves away. Now, continues to say, is there anyone among you who has enough intelligence and smartness in his brain who can understand what I mean by the oath? Well, if the oath and the swear pertain to the prayer of Fajr and to the prayer of Rishad, and to the prayer of Watan, it doesn't take a brain to understand that, right? I mean, ask anyone, say, when he says, well, Fajri, the first thing that comes to your brain is, oh, the prayer of Al-Fajr. Layalin Ashim, oh, you will be a little bit hesitant between Ramadan or Al-Hajj. But you can get it. It's not difficult. Al-Shafi'i wal oh, we pray Al-Shafi'i wal after Al-Shafi'i prayer, easy. Well, the prayer of the night. 
when the light moves on, drives on, we have a light prayer. That's not a big deal. Anyone can understand that. But the Quran and the ayah says, I want someone with intelligence who can make some something out of Anyone with his brain, with, with the right brain, with intelligence, can understand what I mean by that? Well, maybe I don't have the brain. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's difficult. Maybe someone can find it. There, there are people who can understand. But Allah does not deal with us to confuse us. Allah is not here to make stories and questions answer with right and true or false or multiple choice, Allah doesn't do that. Allah wants us to understand. That's why in the next ayah, He gives the hint. If you read now, carefully, Alam Tara, right before Alam Tara, He says, anyone with his right, anyone with the brain, with intelligence, understands my oath. That was I have just done, one fajr. I am swearing by a fajr, by ten nights, by the even and the odd number, and by the light when it moves on. Anyone can understand that? Well, wait a second, let me give you a hint. This is, don't you see? You know, when you give an exam sometimes and you bring a difficult question, you say, let me give you a hint. Use the hint to, under, to answer the question. Don't you see? That is a hint to understand and to answer the question that Allah posed. He had a question. That's a question. Is there a qasam in this? Does anybody see a relevant oath and swear in what I have said? Oh, don't wait too long and don't be try to outsmart yourself. Let me give you a hint before you start answering. Alam tara. So alam tara, don't you see whatever comes after this? Don't you see what? That is a hint to answer the question. The question is related to the oath. So you have an oath. Al-Fajr, Layal al-Ashr, Al-Shafr wal-Wadr, Wal-Layli idha yasr. Four things that Allah Azzawajal is making swear with. And then, after he makes the swear, he has a question. The question relates to the oath. Do you understand what I mean by the oath? Literally, that's what it means. And adds to it, use your brain. Because sometimes some people, they tell us, oh, you guys who follow things without thinking. Allah Azza wa Jal right from the very beginning of the Quran, this is still Surah number 10, still at the early, at the early stage, say, you have to use your brain and your mind to understand. Al-Hijr in Arabic, by the way, the, the, the word Hijr, it means Aql. And Aql means the, the mind and the brain. We use Hijr, Aql, Nuha, Dimaq, all of these, and even Qalb, sometimes the Qur'an uses the word Qalb, which we use it for the heart, to indicate the mind. So the mind, or the thinking facility that Allah Azza wa Jal has used in the Qur'an, comes in many different terms. One of them, Al-Hijr. So Al-Hijr is another name or term for the same thing which we call the mind. So here's one more time. We have the oath. Then there is a question about the oath. Do you understand that oath? Then there is a hint to understand it. Alam tara that's a hint. What is the hint? So let's go to the hint and then come back to see if we can make out of the hint something we can understand. Now, let's see. 
says, Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi'ad. If you want to understand what I mean by that oath, look at what I have done to the people of Ad. People of Ad. What have you done to the people of Ad? People of Ad, Allah Azza wa Jal describing it first. Ad, Ira. Ad, there are two types of Ad. Two tribes which were called Ad. Ad is a tribe. And the uh, Prophet who was sent to the people of Ad is Prophet Hud, right? And if you want to read more about Ad and what they have done, you go to Surah Hud and you find it in Surah Al-Ahqaf. And you find it in many other places talking about Ad. Ad is a tribe, is a tribe that once upon a time had a very great civilization. A civilization that based on what the Quran says has never been matched. Never been matched. لم يخلق مثلها في البلاد. None has been created like Ad. Ad is a unique type of creation. It's not that Allah created them differently. Although He said لم يخلق, no one has been created, but no one has been created yet and was able to achieve what Ad had achieved. And Ad Iram. Ad Iram is the tribe of Iram. Iram is as I said, one category, one, one branch of Ayad, which was known to have very great civilization, a civilization that was able to build so huge palaces, uh, uh, huge infrastructure. They used to be able to divert and convert energy from the wind, from the sun, from the uh, soil, from all times to in order to move their things. And there is lots of studies on the, on the tribe of Ayad. This is not the place to go about it, probably when we talk about Surah Hud later or Surah Al-Ahqaf, where the, the issue will be the people of Ad, we'll talk in more detail. But the history and historians, especially Islamic historians, report very powerful entity this Ad was. And then Allah here, in, in a quick manner, He says, I have dealt with the people of Ad and I have removed their power and civilization despite the all strong power they had. And Iran, that command, the one that have, has no matching whatsoever in the countries, in the world. Sometimes you think about the civilization in the US, Russia, Europe. It's a great civilization, very strong civilization, very powerful with the nuclear energy, with the space dominance of all of these. And then you would say, what could be something that's even more? It doesn't matter what that is, but you could always imagine someone who had more power than the power we know of today. But then it's gone. Allah Azza wa says, see what I have done with the people of Ad, they have done. Read about Ad as much as you want, read about their power as much as, they want, as you want, but they are done, they are gone. I dealt with them, I eliminated them, and the only thing that remains out of them are some ruins which you'll find them below the desert in Arabia, below the desert and some other places. They would say these are the cities where the people of Ad once upon a time were living and were great and were strong and were powerful. They are absolutely gone. And the same thing about Thamud, the people of Thamud, to whom Allah Azza wa Jal designated Prophet Salih, 
And then we will deal with the people of Thamud more when we talk about Hashemsi or Duha, Allah keeps repeating about Ad and Thamud. So one day, one of those we will devote one more session about Ad and Thamud and the description of Ad and Thamud and what they have done and how Allah dealt with them. They will be will provide this in great detail at some point. But here in this surah, Allah does not want us to be involved in the details of Thamud. All we have to know is that once upon a time there was a people called Thamud and they were powerful and he gives one indication about their power There are some indications that this people is like the city of Petra in the southern part of Jordan where a whole city is being carved in the rock It's a whole rocky mountain and they built a huge city out only rocks There was nothing but the rocks it's a big, big, huge rocky mountain. They cultivate or they, they carve out of that a huge city. Allah is giving this just notion. They have been able to move a very huge rock, absolutely huge. I don't know how big, how powerful. They just moved it somehow with all types of energy they have used to a place, to a valley, somewhere in, the, in this uh, uh, in this world. Without further details, it just gives you the impression that Thamud was something big, something at least bigger than Quraysh, and there is the catch. At least bigger than what Quraysh has. And Aad, they were so powerful, at least they are more powerful than Quraysh or the Romans or the Christians. And then the third thing, Allah continues, this is a hint, remember. This is still the hint, Alam This is not the subject. The subject is wal fajr wa layal al That's the subject. Al qasam, hal fi dalika qasam wal ladhi hajr, that's the challenge. Alam tara, this is the hint. So he's still giving us the hint about the qasam, about the oath, so that we understand it. Aad, they were absolutely powerful, no one is like, like them. They are gone. Thamud, alladhina jaru sakhra bin wad, they have absolutely powerful entities and powerful strength. They are gone. And then Fir'aun. Then Fir'aun. Fir'aun, then Awtad. Allah describes Fir'aun as the, the rulers of Egypt. Fir'aun is a titan. Fir'aun is not a name. Okay, Fir'aun is like a king, like emperor, like tsar. Fir'aun is a titan of the ruler of Egypt. Any ruler of Egypt, there is a certain period of time where the rulers were called Al-Fara'ina or Fir'aun. Every like uh, Ramses the second was Pharaoh. Tuhutmus uh, was Pharaoh. Uh, the only one who was not Pharaoh is the king of Egypt at the time of Yusuf السلام, he was called the king there was one specific time in the history of Egypt where the ruler did not accept the title he did not take the title of Pharaoh and he was titled the king but every, during the before and after the rulers of Egypt were called the Pharaoh. And the most, the most uh, oppressive among them was the Pharaoh at the time of Musa was the Pharaoh who tortured the people of Bani Israel, who took it upon himself to eliminate the origin of the deen and to not to allow the religion to, to, to prevail during his era. Because he heard from people from his magicians, from the uh, scholars, that there will come 
uh, a child among the people of Bani Israel and he will grow as a prophet, as a messenger, and he will challenge his rule and he will destroy his rule of the Pharaoh. Uh, so that was the most oppressive Pharaoh in the era of the Egyptian uh, uh, civilization. So Allah Azzawajal said also, I have done the same. Uh, brothers, there is a jama'ah here if you want to pray jama'ah. Well, they already stopped. So he's talking about Fir'auna and he gives him a description, a feature, characteristic, then awtad. Al-awtad most likely it refers to the pyramids. What's the most famous thing about Egypt during the, uh, the, the uh, era of the Fir'aun? Is are the pyramids. And the people until today, they continue to wonder how in the world these pharaohs in Egypt were able to build their pyramids. Some of them, they say this, those were uh, some lines linearly stated in order to build, to, to build energy. They talk about the energy of the sun and they diverted in many different places. So it, it was an energy conversion, uh, conversion pyramid. Or they were just the statues which are absolutely uh, uh, like monuments. But nevertheless, people until today, they continue to wonder about this power that was able to build such huge things in the world. So he calls them Fir'aun al-Awtad, and not only that, al-Ladheena taghaw fil bilad. Fir'aun, of course, they were so oppressive. And Allah gave them these characteristics. Aad were oppressive, Thamud were oppressive, but Fir'aun was more oppressive. So it's a characteristic of Fir'aun as being the tyrant. So tyranny, whenever you want to understand tyranny, what is tyranny, what is a tyrant, you go to, what did Fir'aun do? If you want to understand, is Bashar today a tyrant? You will check him against Fir'aun. If you see that he is doing things like Fir'aun, then oh yes, that's a that's tyrant. If the kings or the presidents in the Muslim world or in the Arab world or in the world are practicing things which are similar to what Fir'aun has done, then that's the standard of tyranny, if you will. Everything has a standard, there's a measure. You want to measure things against uh, tyranny, you will find Fir'aun is a tyrant. And everyone who is uh, in the shoes of Fir'aun is a tyrant as well. So Allah Azza wa says, وَفِرْعَوْنَ And here's another catch. Allah Azza wa keeps talking about Fir'aun as being a source of corruption. Corruption does not come randomly. Whenever you see corruption, always look for a person or an entity that causes corruption. You can't fight corruption and you leave the cause of corruption. Who is making the corruption in the world? The other day when I was traveling this last week to Jordan, next to my seat there was a guy who was absolutely talking revolutionary talk in, about the Arab revolutions. And he's talking about corruption, corruption, corruption. I asked him the question. I told him, what is the cause of all the corruption? You are telling me there is lots of corruption in Jordan. What is the cause of corruption? He said, oh, that's a difficult question. He said, yes, it is difficult. But if you don't talk about the cause of corruption, you can fight corruption as much as you want. And corruption will always be there until and unless you remove that thing which causes corruption. So if you have a source of bacteria somewhere, it keeps pumping bacteria into, into your vegetables, into your store, into your groceries, just like fungus. No matter how much you fight fungus on your, between your fingers, it keeps coming out because it's from inside. It's not external. 
It's inside. Unless you take that very strong course of antibiotics to kill it from inside, you will continue massaging it and putting creams and it will keep coming out. Fungus, corruption, all of this. So Fir'aun was a source of fasad. فأكثروا فيها الفساد. They increased the fasad. Fir'aun increased the fasad in Egypt in that part of the world. فصب عليهم ربك صوت عذاب. Allah Azza wa Jal poured upon them his torture. Salt, in Arabic, salt is like the thing that you lash with. What is this called? The whip. It's like the whip of torture. It's a whip of torture coming from Allah. Now Allah is not talking about a whip made out of ribbons, out of rubber or out of metal or something. It's from Allah Whatever Allah has a tool to provide torture and punishment for those who deserve it. And this ayah, it pertains to the people of Fara'an and can be extended to Fara'an to Thamud and Ad as well. Because even the next ayah, it says, إِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَبِنْ مَرْصَانِ Allah is watching for those events if they occur again. If they recur, there is a recurrence. المرصاد, المرصاد is like observatory. In Arabic, مرصاد from رصد observe. مرصاد observatory. Sometimes those scientific observatories, they call them مرصاد. Something that is a watch. I'm watching, I'm alert. If you come back, I will get you. If Pharaoh comes back with the Tughian, I will get him. If Al comes back with their oppression, I will get him. If Thamud comes back with their oppression, I will get him. If anyone else comes back with the same oppression and the same tyranny, I will get him. End of the hint. Because the next ayah now, it talks about something else. Now what, what do I take out of this hint? If the hint is telling me that Pharaoh was very oppressive. His rule was a tyrant, a rule of tyranny. Ayat was oppressive. Thamud was oppressive. And they were powerful. They were so powerful that no one even thought that someone can challenge Pharaoh. No one in his right mind would ever even think that Bashar can go. Oh, he has the support of Russia, of China. He has the support of Iran, of Hezbollah, and indirectly the support of America. He enjoys big support. He cannot go. Pharaoh is a person or a government or a rule that kills the children. يُذَبِّحُ أَبْنَاءُ He kills the children, slaughters them. يَسْتَحْيِي نِسَاءُ He enslaves the woman. يَسْتَضْرِفُ طَائِفَةً مِنْهُمْ He oppresses the, 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 uh, the weak ones among the people. And he splits you in Shia. He makes the, out of the people groups and groups and groups fighting one another. What can you do with this type of terror? If he broke the unity of the people, so the people now are disunited and they fight one another. If their children are being slaughtered, so no one of them can grow as a man who can challenge him. If the women are not able to to breastfeed or to feed or to raise their children the way they want because they are the slaves of Pharaoh. What can you do about this tyrant? That tyrant is there to stay. The tyrant, the tyrant, when he practices tyranny and uses all types of power and tools to sustain his oppression and to sustain his own, he is there to stay. He is there to stay. No power can remove him. In a world order, talk about world order. 
One order that has power like the Security Council, permanent member in the Security Council. They can veto any plan, they can veto any rule, any resolution. They can veto if it's against their interest. They have NATOs, they have nuclear, they have all types of power. What can you do against these powers? Nothing. You can do nothing. This status is there to stay. There is nothing in your brain that can say, uh, go to the brain, because that's a question. In your brain, in your mind, in your thinking, nothing tells you that this power can fade away, can fade. This tyranny can move away. This light, if you will, this darkness can leave. Ah, in your brain, in your mind, the way you think, when you see the tyranny, when you see Fir'aun, when you see Bashar, when you see the Yemeni government, when you see Al Saud, when you see the world power, in your brain, when you see Quraysh at the time, because that time Quraysh, with Abu Jahl, with Abu Ibn Mughira, with Abu Sufyan, with Ahmed bin Shuraib, torturing Bilal, killing Ammar, Yasser and Sumayya, torturing Ammar. When you see all of these, they have all the power and you have nothing, then they are to stay. Then that oppression, that oppressive regime is there to stay. And it's wrong. And it's, it could be many. The oppression comes in many forms in the form of social oppression against the women who are buried alive, against the, the daughters buried alive. In the form of slavery, enslaving the man from his father or his mother because his father failed to pay a law, enslaving the person. That's economic and social slavery. Or even with the fight, you fight the people to take their wealth. It's oppression, it comes in many different forms. It's tyranny there to stay. It's nothing you can do about it. It's a big, big dominant light. It's a big dominant light. Nothing can be seen out of that light. You cannot expect Al-Fajr to come out. You can't expect this light to leave because the tyranny is huge and the power is big and Bashar is oppressive and Egypt at the time of Mubarak was absolutely immobile. You cannot move it. It's like a mountain. And Al-Qaddafi, whoever even in his right mind thought that the Qaddafi era can leave. It's impossible. You can't even think. The people, the Sahaba of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Mecca, in Mecca, their very thought, and they talk, they complain to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They did complain. They came to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam according to one hadith. وَهُوَ مُدَوَسِّدٌ he was leaning back against the Kaaba with his Aba covering his stomach with his Aba. Abaya the mental. It's a piece of cloth called the Aba. They came to the Prophet some of the Sahaba who were able to make it. Because sometimes you can't even make it in the street of Mecca. You'll be snatched, you'll be taken out, you'll be killed. According to the Quran, the Quran was saying, You were so scared that you will be snatched, you will be taken away. You can't make it. So some of them made it and came to the Prophet ﷺ, leaning against the Kaaba, praying to Allah, making tasbih, thinking about this universe, whatever he was doing. Ya Rasulullah, oh Ya Messenger of Allah, what is happening to us? 
And they were actually, the story is very interesting. Those Sahaba they came with deep heart complaint. Isn't it true that Allah is our Rabb as a truth? Asking him, Allah is our Rabb. Isn't that Haqq? Isn't that truth? Rasulullah says, Naam. Do you suspect that? Are you doubting it? What's happening to you? Sir? No, Allah is not doubting Allah is not doubting We are just confirming things. And as the Rasulullah is Haqq. They continue now. And you, aren't you the messenger of Allah? Truly? Naam. Ayah Rasulullah. Awa tashukkuna bidhalik? Do you doubt that? Wallahi la nashukku bidhalik abada. Wallahi by Allah we do not doubt this at all. Okay. If Allah is our Rabb and you are our messenger, then why are we in bad shape? Why are we being tortured? Afala tastansiru lana? Don't you ask this Allah, our Rabb, so He brings the victory for us? That was the case of the Sahaba. So the case of the Sahaba was in this desperate situation where they don't see something coming out from, from all of this that they are doing. No way out. No way out. If they go to Mecca, they want to talk to the people about Islam, to make da'wah, they get killed, they get tortured, they get beaten. If Muhammad وسلم, goes out to talk to the people, Abu Lahab comes after him, and we talk about Abu Lahab in Surah Al-Masr. He comes, oh, don't listen to this man, he's crazy, he's insane, he's a bad guy. We want to, we are looking for physicians to treat his insanity. We are sorry, we apologize for him. You know, sometimes you come and you want to talk, and someone says, oh, people, please, please, please forgive him, please forgive him. He's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. He's I'm not crazy. I'm saying the truth. I'm saying the haq. That's what Muhammad was doing. So they, the Sahaba, did not see the light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. And they came to the Prophet asking him many times about this issue. And with that event that I mentioned, the Surah of Al-Buruj was revealed. Surah Al-Buruj was revealed and Allah told them, you are pushing ahead. You are moving too fast. Wait. So Allah will provide victory for this deen. And the Prophet did tell the Sahaba, Inna Allah will provide victory for this deen. Allah will provide victory for this deen until one of you will walk across the entire desert. Feeling nothing for his life or for his belonging, but Allah Azza wa Jal or maybe a wolf in the desert. So it will happen. So comes the surah here. And comes this telling the people, you see this night of oppression that you are seeing around you of Mecca and Quraysh? That will go. That lane, that night, that oppressive regime, that oppression, that tyranny will go. That's the part of layl. The layl will go. Wal-fajr. And the fajr will come out. And in this ayah he used al-fajr instead of al-nahar. The previous surah used al-nahar, the daylight. So the daylight usually, the daylight comes after long time. After the sun comes out. 
Here Allah Azza wa Jal is talking about the Fajr, the break of the light. There is a time when this light will break. There is an end to it. There is a Fajr of it. There is an explosion of this light. There is a hard defeat for this light. And Fajr is a hard, hard defeat of the light. So this night that you are complaining about, this oppression that you are seeing in front of you, this tyranny that you think will prevail, this tyranny that has so many views, so many views, it could be many. That's the notion of Layal al-Ashr. Layal al-Ashr, ten nights. So the nights could be many. Could be many. Could be one, two, three, four, five, six. Could be Pharaoh, could be Thamud, could be Ad, could be Bashar, could be Egypt, Egypt, could be Libya, could be America, could be Russia, could be France, could be Arab. And you keep counting. And that's what wal Wetter. Keep counting. Even odd numbers, it doesn't matter. So it's not only 10, it can be 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, it can be 13, 14, 15, 17, it can be any number. So here, the issue. The issue of the oath that Allah is giving a hint. The hint is there was more oppressive regimes than Quraysh. And the time, the time for these regimes were so long. It was so long. It was so many. And then it faded away. And I, Allah said, I took care of them. So I am the one, I am the one who caused the tyranny of Pharaoh to fade away. I am the one who caused the tyranny of Ad to go away. I am the one who caused the tyranny of Thamud to go away. I am the one who made sure that the tyranny does not last. And to make that conclusive, I repeat that oath and swear right here in the Quran by saying, وَالْفَجْرِ وَلَيَالِ الْعَشْرِ وَالشَّفْعِ وَالْوَتْرِ وَالْلَيْلِ إِلَى يَسْرِ I am swearing by the Fajr, by the time when all the tyranny and the light and the oppressive lights go away. And I, I swear by the ten lights, no matter how long and how many these oppressive regimes are, I am behind their destruction and their defeat. And whether these ones continue and they are numerous and you keep counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, it doesn't matter. Today you can count hundreds or tens of regimes that are so oppressive. Keep counting. It doesn't have to be 10 or 15 or 16. It could be many. And the light, no matter how oppressive that, it will fade away, it will go. So there is no prevalence and dominance and sustainability for oppression. Oppression will not last. Oppression will not be sustained. Oppression will not be there. I am, I sit in a place, in a position, in a world where the world is full of oppression. It's full of oppressive regimes that have all types of tools. All types of tools. Like the tools of Pharaoh, like the tools of, of, of Ad and Thamud, they have power, that of Imad. And Imad means absolute power. It's like the, 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 the pillar in the, in the middle of a tent, that's an imam, upon which the entire civilization stands. They have big power. We all today, we live in a situation, when I think the other day I was, somebody was asking me a question over the internet about Syria. What could come out of Syria 
if all of these gangs of the world they are ganging against them. And Iran, and Hezbollah, uh, even Egypt, even Egypt, the, the revolution in Egypt. They, the, the, the president of Egypt goes to Russia and makes uh, an agreement with them that we see with Russia eye to eye on the situation of Syria. What do you mean you see eye to eye on the situation in Syria with, with the Russians? The Russians are uh, providing Bashar Assad with all types of military mains and all planes and all of these uh, weapons in order to crush his people. So everybody is ganging and putting their pressure, what could come out of that? This is huge. Well, if this surah, I am reading this surah, and this surah means something to me, it's Allah who made the decree and the statement that he does not allow the oppression of Pharaoh to prevail, the oppression of Ayat to be sustained, the oppression of Thamud to be sustainable and to be dominant, and, and, and I am there watching and they're watching means I am there I am watching I am seeing and any type of tyranny that emerges one more time the way the tyranny of Pharaoh was or Ayat or Thamud or Quraysh I will take care of it in the same manner I will take care of it. Allah does not allow oppression to be sustained. All you have to do, and that's what the, the Prophet told the Sahaba, you are rushing. You are putting yourself in a rush. You have to do what you have to do. You have to stick. Because we read in, 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 uh, in Surah Al-Muzammin, فَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ be persistent, and we said, be persistent. Not tolerant, but persistent. Be persistent, be preserved. Preserve whatever you are doing. We read that. And until the hukum of your Rabb comes. So you have no choice but to stick to whatever Allah Azza told you. So now, now I understand that. After that, now I understand. It's not the Fajr praying. It's not the ten nights of Ramadan. It's not the Shafi'ah and the Watan prayer. Although it could mean that. But the Qasr, when Allah gives me the hint, the hint is not about that. The hint, don't you see what Allah done to this and this and this and this? He made this go, he made this leave, he destroyed this one, he took care of that one. That is the hint. That is what Allah wants me to understand. So Allah wants me to understand that after this long night of tyranny, there is a fajr that will come out. Light will never continue to be a night. And this is the dynamics of the world. This is the dynamics of life. These are the dynamics. Things are never stationary. Stationary. That means they stay whatever they are and they continue to be that way. Things are not stationary. The poor will, not, will never be poor forever. And the rich will not be rich forever. And in fact, the next ayah, about next time we will talk about this richness and poorness, it talks about the other dynamics. The dynamics of the world will always change. And if you ever think that things are stationary and not changing, and they are static, they are fixed in nature, then you will give up. If I am poor, then okay, خلص, I am poor forever, and then I will give up. I will go and beg. I will be a beggar on the street. If 
I'm weak or oppressed, خلاص, I'm weak, I'm oppressed. I, I was born in a third world country. Third world country are uh, Africa, Asia, they are dead, they cannot make it, they don't have civilizations. It will stay there forever. Then you cannot think about the change. You cannot think about the change unless you know the dynamics allow the change. If I know that this water has no way of boiling, it cannot boil, then I will never worry about putting it on fire to make it boil. If I know that it's static, it's stationary, it remains in a liquid form, it never goes into, into vapor or into boiling state, I will never put it on fire. Why bother? But if I know the dynamics, the dynamics that the water in this cup at one point of time it can boil, all it takes is to have some temperature, heat it up to a certain degree, 200 degrees centigrade, it will boil and it will evaporate, then I will seek the change and I will make it. But if I know it's stationary and it's not dynamic and it's, it's almost static, I will not bother. <coughs> if I know that my society, which I come from in Jordan or in the Middle East, it's stationary, the king is there to stay and the, the dynasty is there to stay and there is no change whatsoever, then I will never bother about the change. If I am oppressed, I will always be oppressed and I will become a good slave. If I am slave and I know slavery is my fate, then I will be a good slave. I will just be listen and follow all the time. But if I know that slavery is not my fate, that slavery can be reversed, that the one who is a ruler today, tomorrow he can go to the jail and I become the ruler. If I know that this dynamic is valid, then I will make our own for the change. Allah Azza is giving us the dynamics here. Like in the previous surah, Al-Layl wal-Nahar, wal-Layl idha yarsha, wal-Nahar idha tajalla. There is a light too, you hate it, you don't like it, it's, it makes it dark, very difficult to see, but the Nahar is coming, the daylight is coming, you can wait for it or you can work for it. You can wait for it if it's the universal dynamics. You have to work for it if it's the societal dynamics. That's why the notion in the other surah, it talks about وَالذَّكَرَ وَالْكُنْثَ وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْكُنْثَ The dhakar, the male and the female, have different roles of changing their roles or playing their roles. And it is a human work. Whereas the day and night, it's universal. It's something of the universe. Allah will take care of them. Just like here, al-fajr. The fajr and the night, Allah takes care of them. The fajr and the night, they come. But then, the dynamics of the society, Fir'aun, Ad, Thamud, etc., etc., Allah makes that change at the hands of people. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمِ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah does not change the status of people until and unless they change their own status. So you change your own status, you work your own way, Allah will facilitate that. So here, the whole idea about this surah, about the dynamics, the dynamically changing nature of societies, orders in the world, local order in your country, local regional order in the region are not stationary. World orders are not stationary. There is nothing that's stationary. Everything changes. Everything changes. And anyone who wants to think about change, if you think it's stationary and static, you will give it up. But if you know it's dynamic and it can change, you will work for it. And Allah Azza wants us to think and understand that those things are dynamic in nature. There is a, there is a light, and there is a fajr. There is 
one night, there could be multiple nights, and then after all of these nights, then the Fajr comes out. There's always a dawn comes out. So that comes me to the conclusion that whatever we see today in Syria, or in the, in the Muslim world, or all of these gangsters against Islam, everyone who has any notion of secularism, any notion of kufr, any notion of fisk, they come and say, we don't want Islam to prevail. We don't want the Islamic world to take over. We don't want the fundamentalists to rule. We don't want the Islamic Sharia. And they call it all types of names. They call it terrorism. They call it fundamentalism. They call it all types of names. At the end of the day, we do not. In fact, this was said by the King of Jordan in his last meeting with the, with the uh, Foreign Minister of Iran. We will not allow the Islamists to take over in Syria. We will not. And when John Kerry was in Jordan, when, when Obama was in Jordan, they repeated the same statement. When Kerry was in Iraq recently, and in other places, he repeated this, we will not allow the Islamist or Islamic fundamentalism to take over in Syria. We want this night of oppression to prevail and to continue. And Allah Azza wa says, no. Allah says, no, not me. Not you, not anyone on the ground. Allah says, no. Allah wants this Fajr to come up. And this night, Al-Layl yesterday. The Layl will go. Yesterday will go. Just go. Just move. Move it. It will move. That's what we get out of this Surah. If we were only, if we were at the time when it was revealed, at the time when the Sahaba was so oppressed, were so tortured, were in desperate need, in desperate situation, where in absolute hardships, that is the time when the surah was revealed. And I would like to stop right here. If we have any questions, comments before the event of Maghrib, we have about, I think, 10 minutes or so. And then maybe we can chat also after the Maghrib prayer, inshallah. Yes.
it's an implication of enumeration, which means many, uh, rather than specificity. Uh, besides, at the time when this surah was revealed, there was no Eid, there was no Hajj, there was no Ramadan, there was none of this. It was not known. Uh, and this was the tenth surah revealed at the time. Now, still it applies. Allah Azza knows that at some point there will be some Ramadan and there will be a Hajj, of course. But at the time when it was revealed, it was revealed to the notion of the multiple oppressive regimes, if you will. Yes? In, uh, it's very difficult to tell if there is specific uh, for the telling, especially the immediately after that, al-Shafi'u al-Watr, they will say the even and the odd, it extends the number. So the number no longer 10, the number can be any. So it's an indication of numerity, it's, it's numerous, it's multiple, it's many. And in Arabic, there are numbers which are used always to indicate large numbers. Like the number 70 in Arabic is to indicate too many. 10 is the number to indicate also many. And the number 7. So those numbers in Arabic are used to indicate when you only say uh, 10, 10, that means so many. You know, it's not necessarily meant the exact number 10. So that it's an expression in Arabic, like in the Quran, in if you make istighfar 70 times, Allah will not make for forgiveness. So the, the number 70 in this case, it means so large number of istighfar. Yes? Uh, what time is Maghrib? Uh, 8.05. 8.05, okay. 8.05 is the Adhan? Inshallah. Go ahead. Between? Swearing by them, he's using them as a hymn. The swear is by one of his signs, Al Fajr. He's swearing by Al Fajr and by the lights. Those are times, those are dynamic things that Allah Azawajal created. He's not swearing by, by, the, by the oppressor. But then the relation between Shaytan and the oppressors, remember that the Shaytan is the first oppressor ever. He's the rebellious, he rebelled against Allah Azawajal. And any oppressor is following the step, the footsteps of the Shaytan. There is Fir'aun is following the Shaytan. The kings and the regimes, they are following the Shaytan. So the Shaytan is there. <coughs> Any last comment, question before we call the event? Okay, Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.